What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we have something a little bit different. Underdog Fantasy just dropped their 2023 season-long projections. Now, the reason why this is a big deal is you guys know I love projections. I look at Mike Clay's all the time to the point where he should probably get a restraining order against me. But this is absolutely beautiful, and I'm, I'm crushed that I live in Jersey, so I can't actually actively play. But I did the honors of looking through... Every single one of these seasonal lines here, right, the entire season, you can pick higher or lower across every single projection. They have all the way down to, like, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco rushing and rushing TD. You are not going to find this on any sports book, on any site. It is absolutely insane the depth that they went. Like, we have Samaje Ryan rushing yards. So what I'm doing today is I took the liberty of, I know underdog, has probably a group of nerds who came together to find projections for each and every single one of these players. So what I did is I sat down, I looked through all of them, I cross-referenced them with Mike Clay projections, and I have brought to you guys a list of five players that I am taking either higher or lower that I think the projection on underdog just straight up stinks. I think that they just straight, got, straight up got it wrong with these five players. So we'll kind of dive in, talk about these players, what I think about them for 2023, and then talk through their underdog pick'em line. So with all that being said, of course, this entire video is sponsored by Underdog. If you're not on there already, what the hell are you doing? Fantasy football has never been this easy. You can just draft your team, and it is good to go. It's a best ball site, so you draft your fantasy football teams. You can go out there, pretty much you know, get reps in for your home leagues where you're drafting with real money on the line, as low as like 5 bucks, as low as like $3. The ADP is super sharp. All the ADP is compiled from real money fantasy football leagues. So you go in there, you draft, and it's like taking off the weights. You know, Bruce Lee... Rockley, whatever, you go into your home league, and Chris Olave, the guy who, who goes second round in these drafts, he's there in like the fourth round in your home league, boom, you're ready to go. You know where players should be getting drafted when you hop on Underdog Fantasy. So promo code RON, you use promo code RON, it'll match your deposit up to $100. I'll have a link in the description and a link in the comments down below where you click it, it takes you to Underdog Fantasy, it puts my promo code in, and you're ready to rock. So with all of that being said, if you enjoy this at any point, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like, let's Go. Now, when we look at these season-long pick'em projections here, something really important to note that I would have never have known if we didn't have on Hayden Winks last week, and he told me about these NFL season-long pick'ems. There is a minimum of five games played. I believe if a player does not play at least five games, the bet is voided. So people are going to, right off the bat, want to pick a bunch of lowers, right? Just go across the board, lower, lower, lower. You know, injuries happen in the NFL, just lower across the board. But a minimum of five games played makes it kind of profitable to go either way. So I think a lot of people are going to be shocked that actually three of the five uh, player projections that I like, higher or lower, are actually higher. Three of the five are hires, two of them are lowers, because I think when you have that added in of minimum five games played, which you're not going to see anywhere else besides underdog, they are so, so good at, you know, actually figuring out what the hell the uh, user base wants, which is amazing. But five games played kind of makes it so higher and lowers, it's a little bit more even than just like weighting everything towards the lower. So with that being said, the first one we're going to look through and look at is going to be this Bryce Young line. And I have him, he is projected for 22.5 passing TDs, which just feels really ambitious for rookie quarterback. So we're going lower on this Bryce Young touchdown prop. Now, what I want to show you guys is I 
plugged in pretty much. I, I set aside every single line that I felt was off. And then I cross-referenced it with Mike Clay, and I figured out kind of the five best values that I could possibly find. And here's the table. I'll probably have this up for as long as I can have it up for. But you have Bryce Young passing touchdowns, right? You have whatever the, wa- whatever the wager is, you know, the projection, whatever. Now, I ended up making this table that compared Mike Clay's projections to these underdog projections. And I wanted to sort of pretty much figure out where the biggest discrepancies were. And that's how we have this table of these five pickums that I really like. Now, with Bryce Young, underdog has him at 22 and a half passing touchdowns as his projection. So if you're going higher, you're shooting for 23 or more. If you're going lower, you're shooting for 22 or less. And that's a huge discrepancy. 22.5 versus 18. Now, what this table has is you have the, the pick'em that we're talking about. So Bryce Young passing touchdowns, higher or lower lower the underdog projection which is 22.5 the mike clay projection which is 18 then you take your mike your underdog projection you divide it by the mike clay projection and that gives you 1.25 as the value so that is a 25 percent difference from mike clay projection versus underdog projection which is a really really big discrepancy now the reason i like this lower is because 22 and a half is egregious for a rookie quarterback. Now, Bryce Young is a great prospect first overall, but we also have C.J. Stroud on this list, projected for 20 passing touchdowns. And he's arguably the better pure passer, pocket passer between the two of them. They should both start right out the gate. And he's a full two and a half touchdowns lower in his projection. So 22.5 just feels like a ton. Bryce Young, the thing that he does better than C.J. Stroud is rush the ball. Now, of course, he's not going to have 10-plus touchdowns like a Cam Newton, but he's going to have a couple rushing touchdowns, which is going to take away from his passing touchdown ceiling. And it's just a pretty insane thing to ask of a rookie quarterback. Like I have all of the rookie quarterback seasons ever uh, on this table here or sorted by passing touchdowns in rookie years. And you only have seven seasons of 23 or more passing touchdowns. And they're all really special quarterbacks outside of like two, right? It's Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones, Andrew Luck, Dak Prescott. Of that list, I think only two of them are first overall picks. or Yeah, two of them are first overall picks. Or no, three are. But it would just be unprecedented. Like We even still have really good quarterback prospects that came in the league. Like Cam Newton had 21. Robert Griffin III had 20. Dan Marino and Kyler only had 20. Uh, you have Mariona at 19. Namath is on this list. It's just a rare thing. Like Trevor Lawrence came in, one of the best first overall picks of all time. And, you know, drops an egg of like, I think like 16 touchdowns that year. Uh, I don't think Andrew Luck was really that high either. No, Andrew Luck was that high with 23. But it's just a lot to ask of a rookie quarterback. And not just a rookie quarterback, but a rookie quarterback in a pretty brutal, like, offense too. Where we're talking about, like, I mean, like, who are these options? Like, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall, Jonathan Mingo, Hayden Hurst at tight end. Like, it's just a pretty brutal offense altogether. The Panthers are ranked uh, 27th best wide receiver unit in Mike Clay's projection, 22nd best tight end unit, 22nd O-line, 23rd running back. You're just asking a lot from a rookie quarterback to come in and do something only seven rookie quarterbacks have ever done and throw for 23 or more touchdowns. So for me, you know, injury can always factor in, but give me the lower on this 22 and a half passing touchdowns. For Bryce Young, to me, it should be at that exact same 20 uh, as they have it with C.J. Stroud. Now, the next thing is we're going to go with a higher here. Now, I don't know how much further down this list he is. He's okay. We have DeAndre Swift here. And we're going to go higher on this 4.5 passing touchdown or rushing touchdown uh, projection that they have here. Because, again, you have the five games played minimum. 
People love to hammer the lowers, but with the five games minimum, you're at least giving yourself some insurance here. And with Swift, I have said that I don't like the underset on the on the Eagles or anything, but it's not because of the rushing touchdowns. It's because the receptions won't be there. Jalen Hurts doesn't check down a bunch, but what there will be in this offense is a lot of rushing touchdowns. 4.5 is too low, even for a running back on this, t- <coughs> on this team. Man, my allergies have been killing me. Like, I can't get through, like, eight minutes of recording without having a coughing fit. But with DeAndre Swift, again, he could go over, higher, whatever you want to call it, than this four-and-a-half rushing touchdown line being, like, third in inside the ten rush attempts on this team. When we look at DeAndre Swift, he's honestly never actually had a year in his career where he hasn't already passed this. He has had at least five rushing touchdowns in each of his last three years, and that was with last year where he started like eight games and was like kind of in the doghouse, and Jamal Williams had 17 rushing touchdowns, and Swift still passed that 4.5 rushing touchdown projection that we need him to go higher than. Now, this also is a guy in DeAndre Swift who has gone higher 4.5 rushing touchdowns every year of his career, and he goes to the Eagles, who have the most rushing touchdowns over the last two years in the entire NFL by a massive margin. It is 57 rushing touchdowns for them, Next up is the 49ers with 43, I believe, or 42 right there. So a mat like 15 over second place. There is a lot of rushing touchdown opportunity in this Eagles offense. You can even see over the last two years, like, but over the last two seasons, we've seen Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell, three running backs for this team, all have 4.5 or more rushing touchdowns per year over the last two years. So now with Sanders gone, of course you have Penny coming in, but Penny has dealt with injury in the past, even like the third running back in this offense or the second running back in this offense has finished with a good chunk of touchdowns. So in the context of this offense, I'm fine betting on DeAndre Swift to hit five or more rushing touchdowns in this offense. Again, he's never finished with less than five on a Detroit Lions team where he wasn't really even the main back for like a year and a half there. Now, after that, The next projection that I think is just plain wrong is Derrick Henry's rushing touchdown total. Can I find that? It has to be probably higher up, Uh, but Derrick Henry's rushing touchdown projection is listed at, I believe, 9.5. There it is, 9.5. Give me the lower there. I am very much okay with betting against Derrick Henry in fantasy football, on underdog, across the board. At some point, the wheels have to fall off. At some point, the wheels have to fall off. He has the most touches in the entire NFL. You have to factor in that eventually he's going to have the age catch up to him and the touches catch up to him. We've seen Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell all fall off a cliff. He's 29 years old. He could end up getting an injury as well. We've seen him just in 2021 only play eight games. So you have the outs of injuries where he plays more than five, but ends up with like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten games. And it's not even really just a bet against Derrick Henry because Mike Clay, when we look at this original sheet, Mike Clay, and I didn't, actually didn't even mention what DeAndre Swift's uh, rushing touchdowns were projected for. Mike Clay has DeAndre Swift at six uh, rushing touchdowns. So he likes the call. His projections say that 4.5 is way too low. Same thing with Derrick Henry. Now, it's not as pronounced, right? It's the lowest value on the entire board, but it's not as much a bet against Derrick Henry as it is a bet against this entire offense plus Derrick Henry's health because Derrick Henry, he's projected for eight rushing touchdowns per Mike Clay, so he likes the under there. But 
he also has Derrick Henry projected for the second most rushing yards in the NFL with 1,334 rushing yards. So he's not even really projecting Derrick Henry to be bad. It's really that this offense is absolutely brutal. This Tennessee Titans offense and Mike Clay's projections is projected for 31st in offensive points, 31st in offensive unit, 32nd uh, offensive line unit, 31st tight end unit, 32nd wide receiver unit. Outside of Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, this offense is awful. So again, it's a bet against Derrick Henry, but it's also a bet on him losing some juice, him possibly getting hurt, and then also this offense just not moving the ball well in general. So there shouldn't be a ton of red zone opportunities for Derrick Henry, where even if he is really good over an entire year, he might end up with only like eight rushing touchdowns. Even nine rushing touchdowns doesn't hit the higher on this projection. Now, after Derrick Henry, we have Elijah Moore. As we can see here, his projection is 515.5 receiving yards, Elijah Moore. And that is just, like, I, I get that he had a bad year last year. Like, don't get me wrong, Elijah Moore was not very good. But 515.5 receiving yards really isn't, like, it's not anything crazy. Like, we're talking about guys that have that hit that last year. You were talking about, uh, Dawson Knox, Leonard Fournette, Robert Woods, Marvin Jones, Olamide Zacchaeus, uh, Devontae Parker, Tyler Conklin, Khalif Raymond. Just to name a few guys that went over 515 receiving yards last year. It's really not that tall of an ask. Now, Mike Clay, we can see here, has been projected at 668 receiving yards, one of the better values on this table. Now, with Elijah Moore, we have an awful 2022 year to go off, and that's probably what's moving his projection all the way to 515 and a half. But you kind of just have to throw that year out. Like when we look at it, he clashed heads with coaches. Like him and LaFleur didn't get along. He told LaFleur to go fuck himself or something. He like was, he didn't travel with the team to Denver and then he had to work his way back up in routes. He had numerous games where he was behind Denzel Mims and a guy that only Jets fans know of, but Jeff Smith, Ohio State wide receiver, I believe, uh, for the Jets, ran more routes than Elijah Moore on a couple of occasions last year. He had four different quarterbacks who, outside of Mike White, were all pretty awful throwing him passes. It was just a terrible, terrible situation where he wanted out. He got put in the doghouse. It was just this whole big thing. But thankfully, we have Matt Harmon, who does great work over at Reception Perception, where you know he watched the film and looked at kind of what Elijah Moore's year was last year. And Elijah Moore was getting open. He just wasn't getting targeted. He just wasn't, like, on the field for some games. He wasn't a part of the game plan for some games. He had bad quarterbacks that couldn't really find him uh, on a lot of these, like, he uh, towards the end of the year, they started putting him in slot. But beginning of the year, they had him playing, like, kind of like almost a true X uh, on the perimeter, which is going to be tough if your quarterbacks aren't good and, you know, confident throwing to the sideline. But Elijah Moore, as a rookie, this is what uh, Matt Harmon said. As a rookie, Elijah Moore cleared not one but two key benchmarks we look for when trying to project breakout young wide receivers and RP. Moore cleared the 75% success rate versus man coverage threshold, which is one of the best indicators for high-level outside receivers, and the 80% success rate versus zone. We want to see receivers pass if they're going to be great slot or outside players. There was every reason to bet on that profile. The most frustrating part, certainly for Moore himself, of how his second season played out is that Moore was still getting open at a high rate. He had a 74th percentile success rate versus man, 78th percentile versus press. So this is a guy who can win on the outside, can win on the inside, in the slot. His own success rate went down, but that's also just, you know, one year of data where he wasn't uh, using a similar role there. 
He's going to go to Cleveland, where he is going to be the guy who is probably out there on the perimeter uh, opposite Amari Cooper in two wide receiver sets, and then probably slots in the slot uh, in three wide receiver sets, runs a ton of routes. I've been banging this drum all offseason long, but I'm betting on this Browns offense to bounce back. They should pass more. They want to pass more. They brought in Elijah Moore. They drafted Cedric Tillman, even with a deep wide receiver room. It's like the third or fourth straight year that they've drafted a wide receiver uh, on day two. I believe it's like Schwartz, David Bell, Cedric Tillman now. They keep adding to that room. Uh, Deshaun Watson should take a step forward as a passer this year. So again, 515 and a half really isn't asking for much. Like even if you want to factor in that last year, if we factor in last year, so 16 games of 27.9 receiving yards per game, and then 11 games of 48.9 receiving yards per game, we get 36.4 receiving yards per game for his entire career. If you have his entire career receiving yards per game of 36.4 over a 17-game pace, that would have him at 618 receiving yards in 17 games. So still over 100 receiving yards more than the underdog projection. That is just too damn low for Elijah Moore. Now the final guy we're going to talk about, we have a higher here, but it's Tyler Algier rushing yards. I just think it's too low. I know that they drafted Bijan. Uh, let's do a little trick here. Um, can we just get it to, to bring me to a Tyler Algier? Boom. And we're going to go higher on the rushing yards here. He has a 480.5 rushing yard projection, and that is really low. Guys who passed 480.5 rushing yards last year, Rashad White, Kenyon Drake, James Cook, and Taysom Hill all passed that, that line last year. Algier last year rushed for 1,035 yards. He would need less than half of that to hit this. Again, I get I get Bijan Robinson's in the ri- in the mix, but you really need something unprecedented to happen for Algier not to hit like 500 plus rushing yards. Now, Mike Clay hasn't projected for 664. It's the best value on this list. His underdog projection is 480.5, and that is while still having Bijan Robinson as Mike Clay's RB5. Bijan Robinson is his RB5 in terms of just like projections, and even still that clears up enough space for Tyler Algier to have over 600 rushing yards. So this line is far too low. When we look historically as well, uh, day three running backs that have over 900 rushing yards. So this is every day three running back with over 900 rushing yards uh, where we've seen a second year for them. So Pierce, uh, so Pierce and uh, Algier, obviously not on this list. And I wrote in what their year two rushing yards were. All of them were over like 600. Besides, you have Don Woods, Elijah Mitchell, Olandis Gary. I think Olandis Gary and Don Woods are guys that played in like the 70s, and they dealt with injury, right? Olandis Gary only played in one game his second year. Don Woods, five games. Elijah Mitchell, five games. And you have Stack State or Zach Stacy, who had like some off the field issues his second year. But for the most part, even the guys that like fall all the way back down to earth are still clearing like 600 rushing yards in their final year. The average across the board, even not even taking out your guys who played five games or less, 776 rushing yards in year two for your day three running backs with 900 or more rushing yards. So that is well above your 480 projection from underdog. And just to kind of, you know, put the cherry on top here, of course, Bijan's going to be here. He's going to be front and center. They used big boy draft capital on him. But the Falcons led the NFL in rush attempts last year with 32.9. Bijan is not getting over 25 rush attempts per game. There's going to be another, like, you know, 5 to 10 left over for Algier on a per-game basis. They also have a great offensive line. Uh, they are the seventh-best offensive line 
on PFF. PFF just did an article where they ranked their best offensive lines heading into 2023. So the offensive line is great. There should be efficiency in the run game. Uh, Arthur Smith is a great run game coordinator. They're going to run the ball a lot. So there's going to be a lot of volume, a lot of efficiency here. And again, Bijan, in my clay's projection, is the RB5. Algier is going to clean up anything that Bijan doesn't, you know, take, a, take up himself. And also it's the running back position. What happens if Bijan Robinson misses like a two-game stretch because he tweaked his ankle? Algier comes out here and, you know, rushes for like 180 yards over two week, over a two-week span and just juices his like season-long rushing yard total. So I absolutely love that line. Sadly, I'm in Jersey, so I can't actually tape underdog up uh, on any of these higher or lowers. But as you can see, you put five in here. And if you get five correct, you 20x the money you put in. So I think what? You put in like 10, you would get... 200 there if you do 100 you get 2000 so feel free to use these yourself if you want to you know like pick and choose you can pick like two or three i believe uh you can sort of mix them in with whatever you guys have been liking in terms of the projections that you guys like there but again if you are new make sure you check this out underdog fantasy doesn't have just best ball drafts but they also have pick for every sport they have golf stuff going on you can find all this underdog fantasy there'll be a link at the top of the comments below in the description, you click on it, it'll use my promo code Ron. It'll match your deposit up to $100, and you can get in on the fun with these NFL season-long projections on your own. So with all that being said, I appreciate you guys coming out here, watching this video. And as always, I will see you guys in the next one. Stones, like this froze, ice cold, oh, oh, ice around my body like I'm